You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What's good, everybody? This is Benny and the Bets. Glad to have you all with us. We are, of course, presented by our good friends over at PXG and a first-timer to the show, although I've been talking to him for for several years on and off, and what I've come to realize uh, about our guest, Matt Peral, who you should be following, by the way, uh, at Sports Talk. Matt, he is also the co-host of the Bostonian versus the book. You can also catch him over on Sports Grid as well. Uh, first of all, Matt, it's great to see you. It's great to be able to finally have you on the show and appreciate you making time for us today, man. It's good to see you. Thank you. Good to talk to you. I, I think this is the first time we're doing video face-to-face. Normally, we've done audio, so it's good to see you. Good to actually talk to you face-to-face here. So thank you. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, I apologize in advance for, you know, you had to go so long without having to see this mug, and, and now here <laughs> we are for the next, you know, 30 minutes or so. But um, I what I didn't realize is that when we were talking before we got started, uh, Kansas City, amongst the many destinations that you have soared across throughout the course of your longtime media career, um, you weren't actually in Kansas City, but you spent a lot of time talking to the people of Kansas City. And I wonder if anybody that go back in time a little bit might remember that name from some of those villains on Six Sense Sports Radio where I worked four years. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's it was fun because it was back when everybody was doing a ton of ISDN work, which is basically an industry term about how they connected basically to make it sound like you were in the studio when you were not in the studio. So I was in Des Moines. I was doing afternoon drive, doing a show called Matt and Miller on six, on, uh, on 1460 KXNO. And the program director, actually two of them uh, for, for 610 Sports wanted me to work. And they, they said, well, look, at, we want to hire you. And I said, I don't think you can afford me because at the time 610 Sports was probably the worst paying media gig in all of Kansas City. And it was middays on top of that. So I was making way more money living in Des Moines, cheaper, making way more money afternoon drive in a station 610 at the time didn't have the Chiefs and didn't have the Royals. And I guess maybe they had the Royals, but the Royals are really bad. So it wasn't like a station that was making any money. So they're like, all right, well, what if you just did fill-ins for us and me from up, up in, you know, up in Des Moines? I said, sure. So that is how I wound up getting the job because it was owned by a company called Entercom, now Odyssey. But that's how I got the job back in Boston where I wanted to go. I was I was trying to go back home to Boston. So I worked in Kansas City. They liked my work. Boston Station, EEI, the WEI hears it. They're like, hey, we like what you're doing in Kansas City. How'd you like to come back here and do weekends for us? And you could do something else during the week. So that's KC is how I got to go home. And so that's how I ended up meeting my wife and how I ended up, or my ex-wife or my wife, and I had my daughter, and everything else. So like 610 always has like a soft spot in my heart because I wa- always wonder like what would have happened if I had taken the midday gig because Nick Wright took the midday gig and then Nick Wright winds up at, at Fox Sports. So it's always a funny world in the way that like if you make one different change, if your life could be totally different based upon one decision or now two decisions because they both offering me that midday spot, which I said no to both times. But I spent a lot of time talking to KC fans and it wasn't like it is now. It wasn't nearly as, as fun to talk about KC sports as it is now. No, you, you got plenty of, of interesting fan calls. And imagine that's the, the Royals in the midst of probably 25 consecutive losing season. The Chiefs were you know, a colossal dumpster fire at that point, too. Um, and, and it's funny that you talk about sort of you know Nick Wright taking that position and then eventually he goes into afternoon drive. 
Uh, one of Nick's closest friends, one of my close friends, the guy that I worked with for several years in Kansas City, a guy by the name of Danny Parkins, yep. who are doing Afternoon Drive in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Danny and I grew up together in the Chicagoland area, and he ends up going in Afternoon Drives. He's coast to coast, and with Carrington Harrison, who's still there, they bring me on board as their executive producer, and then we put together the drive. So yeah, maybe if you do take that job, maybe I never have the opportunity to come to Kansas City where I've now lived for, for more right. than 10 years of my life. It's the butterfly effect, right? You just don't know what someone does that infect, impacts what you might have wound up doing down the stretch. It, I love, I mean, I, I couldn't have picked it better as to winding up here because what happened to me was I went back to Boston. I started working in the city in, for the station that I dreamt of working for my entire life. I listened to WEI my entire life. And when I got there, I realized, oh, no. I don't want to be here. It wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. It was backstabbing and it was really, everybody was nervous about their contracts and nobody liked the new guy coming in. And I had lived in like really kind and nice places. I lived in, you know, Virginia, Alabama, Omaha, Nebraska, and Iowa. And then I go back home to Boston. I had gone for 12 years and I was like, oh no, I'm not like that anymore. Like I'm not a jerk anymore. Like I actually, I've lost my East coast edge. And I hated being there. So I was there for four and a half years and I couldn't wait to get out. And then I moved, but I moved to Houston and I didn't, and I, Houston was the worst spot I could ever have dreamt. Of. I, I mean, I, people may love Houston, but I do not like Houston and I could not leave, wait to leave. And so they came to me and was like, do you want to move to Vegas? I was like, oh my God, yes, please let's go to Vegas. And that was in December of 14. And I moved in January of 15 and I've been here ever since. And, you know, I, I flipped, I was one of the first people, you know, to go national with sports betting content because I was working at a station to let me do it where Alex Gold, who now works for yeah. 610, him and I worked in Houston. And when they sent me out to Vegas, I was like, I'm going full bore into sports gambling content. So uh, I'm very happy with the way that it wound up for both, for everybody. I think every, every, Nick's probably loving what he's doing and I'm loving what I'm doing. And uh, it, it's, it, it's all where it's supposed to be, I guess. Do you remember trying to pitch sports betting content in some of those earlier days where there was always an interest, I would say, but I think it was more matter of fact of trying to convince program directors that, mm, I don't know if this is something that we can necessarily talk about, or it's only legal in a couple areas. And by couple areas, I mean Vegas. Yeah, so before you even get to Vegas, and this is something that you had wanted to do for a long time, did you have trouble being able to convince those above you in the position to say, hey, I know there's a market here. I want to talk about this. Were they ever on board or did you basically have to fight your way to get to Vegas to then do it? Well, I had been doing sports betting topics when I was in Alabama. It was a big part of my show because betting in college football was gigantic and it still is really big in Alabama. It'll never go legal there, but the bookies will be very happy about it. Never going legal down there. So, But everyone has a bookie and everybody bets. And everybody wants to know what your line, you know, what your play is for the week. So I had handicappers on and I had people in the industry and I did it myself. I bet a ton. So there was never like, if I said I wanted to do just betting content, there would have been like, get out of here. You're not doing that. So then I went to Omaha and I was doing Nebraska and Creighton University coverage and did a lot of same thing, did a lot of college football betting and some NFL betting. And Mitch Holtis, the, you know, I met Mitch when I was there and Mitch was, I was doing a ton of Valley stuff. Mitch was the voice of the Valley, also the voice of the Chiefs, but he was the voice of the Valley. And so I did Arch Madness and all these things in St. Louis. And I was just all around the Midwest, you know, doing somewhat you know sports talk but doing gambling as well and then when i came to vegas i met a couple of people who had been on the forefront of two different waves and the first wave was the poker wave and the second wave was the mma wave and i kept on asking them like how did you know that this was going to be big 
And they were just like, look, I saw the interest. Once it became more widely accepted, that's when it really blew up. And the same thing happened to sports betting. Poker was like, you know, a thing your your dad did in a smoky room in the basement. And then poker became cool when Moneymaker won it. And it was like, oh my gosh, everybody wants to do poker. MMA became cool because it was, you know, Dana White did a good job of selling it to the masses, but also making it more streamlined and not like they used to do it, where like a 300-pound behemoth fought a 110-pound guy. They made weight classes and they made it an actual thing and it got licensed and it became a really big thing here in Nevada. And then it spread outside. So sports betting, I saw it going, huh, if we repeal PASPA and we get that taken down, it's going to explode. And so I went, I was doing nights. I was moved here to do a night show, to do, do 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 10 local here. And I was doing it from the Palazzo, from Lagazi Stadium, which was this gigantic sports bar. And I had this big glassed-in studio and it was killing me, like almost literally killing me. I was 40 years old. I got a report back from my doctor and he said, you're bad on everything. I had a $50 bar tab every single night for free, ate for free, drank for free. So I weighed 30 pounds more than I do now. I was pre everything. I was pre diabetic. I was pre, you know, high blood pressure. I was pre uh, gallstones. Like my doctor was like, this is all really, really bad. And so I went back to Houston and I told the, the I said, look, at, I can't work nights anymore. It, you, you're you're going to kill me. I can't work there. Like, what do you want to do? Like, I, I need to get off nights. And they go, okay, we'll put you on middays. But what are you going to do? And I pitched it right then and there. I said, I want to do a sports betting show. And they went, well, what happens if PASPA doesn't get overturned? I go, everyone is telling me that they've got the right justices in place, that this is already a done deal, that we're going to see that be repealed. And then they're like, well, what does that mean? And every state can have their own law. Well, how many states are going to legalize? Matt, you're doing a national radio show. How many states are you going to talk to? And I said, look, let me do the research. I'll present it back to you and I'll show you. And I basically pulled a bunch of data as to like how many people are betting anyway. And they came back and they said, okay, what are you going to call it? And I started the show called Pushing the Odds. And that's where I met Dave Sherapan, who is my co-host for the Bostonian versus the book, because I started doing stuff with, I moved to the Palms, which was another CG technology book where Dave worked and Dave wanted to do content. Dave walked into my studio one day and I'm like, who are you and why are you here? <laughs> like, why do you have a matching hat and jersey for every? <laughs> but that was before that, though. That, that oh, was the content. Okay. That's the content side of Dave. I saw Dave as the bald head guy with the CG polo on, coming coming in, telling me, "Hi, I'm Dave. I I want to do content." And I was like, "Good, I'm Matt. I have to go home." And like, I didn't want. I didn't give him a. T- he'll tell you. I I big time Jim totally. I was like, "Okay, dude. Yeah, I get asked all the time. Like, sure, man, whatever." And because I had had a guy on that was already doing stuff from him, from CG, that was on the show every week. And Dave wanted to replace him. Well, that guy left. And then Dave came in and said, I want to be that guy. So Dave and I started doing content and Dave became the book and we did Better to Book It, which was basically, I told Dave my pets and Dave said whether he liked it or not. And then we just started to do, first it was one day a week, then it was two days a week, then it was three days a week. And it became the most popular part of my radio show and then I was given the opportunity when uh, I, uh, an investor approached us and he was starting a website called props.com and said, if you could do anything in this space, what would you do? And I said, I want to do Bostonian versus the book. And he said, really? And I said, yeah. I said that this show can be gigantic and we truly believe in it deeply. And so that was October of 21. And uh, the company went basically almost out of business. They, they gave us the IP back uh, in almost a year. Yeah, a year ago this month. 
we were given the IP. And since then, Dave and I have been on our own deal. So we, we, we've been running here uh, for a year on our own doing the show and really having a lot of fun doing it here in Vegas and watching sports betting explode. And, you know, sometimes not for the best, uh, but that's how we wound up here in Vegas now doing two years counting of, of BVB. All right. So there's there's so much more to that I want to dissect with you. Sure. And we'll, we'll get into the the actual matchups for, for the week as well. And uh, a, a little bit more stories from the Bostonian versus the book, but one thing that I, I I have to follow up on before we go to break was there's an aspect to creating your own show and your own style and your own message. And you talked about this, you teased this a little bit in the sense of how the, the sports betting content market has drastically changed over the years. What what have you liked about the evolution? What have you loathed about the evolution? And, and where do you think there's room for it to grow. I love that it's part of everyone's conversation. I love the fact that people are comfortable talking about the line. They're comfortable talking about prop bets. They're comfortable about saying, what did you bet? I, I like that. I loathe the lowest common denominator stuff that we have seen in the race to the bottom. I, I, I hate the guys who are showing off fake cars and fake wins and fake tickets I love the fact that people are selling prop are selling picks like crazy in their boiler room. They're selling it on both sides. You know, you call a guy, I get A, you get B. Drives me crazy. And then I I think I understand why the the betting companies want to employ people who don't really know betting, but they're either fun to look at or they're fun to listen to. And that's where they spend their money. Where I think the industry will go and where I think there's room for improvement is I think there's actually people out there who want to understand what they're betting and they want to be educated as to what the line actually is. What does it mean? Because even the biggest of broadcasters, Jim Nance's of the world, they don't understand what a point spread is. They don't get what the line really represents. It's not a projection. It's not a prediction. But people still say it is. People don't get the cat and mouse game between the bookmaker and the professional and how the public money doesn't, ma doesn't matter at all and how public money does not move the numbers. And I've just been really blessed. Dave Sherapan has been my guru for all of this. And I entered into this world that I thought I knew sports betting content. And then I started talking to Dave every day. And I started running lines in, in situations in, bet, in future wagers in markets. And we talked every single day on and off the air for hours. And I just realized how uninformed the American gambler actually is about what they're betting on each and every night. And that, I think the potential for that explanation and that growth is huge because right now someone would tell you that only 2% of people actually give a football, anything I, I just said, 98% want a pre-populated parlay that they get from the book and they bet their $5 and they go on their way. I think that number, that 2% can grow to five, six to 10% of people who gamble who actually want to know the odds, the true odds, and what they are actually betting on. It will still be guys who are going to walk in, the scratch ticket guys, right? I'm from Massachusetts, number one state in America for scratch tickets. My grandfather used to go in, grab a six-pack of beer, grab a pack of smokes, and a scratchy. Just what he did every day. It was just part of the culture there. Those people will exist. They'll buy your $5 parlay every single day. But I think there's a massive opportunity to talk to people about what actually they're betting every day. And not only that, because I, I agree with you on so many different levels, but I do think in the sense of education, you can still educate the sports better, but do so in a very inclusive and opportunistic way 
Whereas I, I think there's still that level of, okay, if we're going to really give you the inside knowledge, we already expect you to be at this level versus so many people that are still coming in that are eager to try it, but are, uh, and this is kind of what, what wanted, why I wanted to start the show at KCSN is I wanted it to be an open, inclusive place for anybody to learn more about it, but still understand that there is a casual side to it, that there is a community aspect within sports betting, but that doesn't mean that you can't be more aware of what you're doing. Yeah. But as far as the audience goes, it's okay to tailor it to more people to say, hey, we want you to be a part of this community. We want you to learn with us. We're learning all the time. And also, man, the, the, the day that more sports books and more content providers look towards women as an opportunity as opposed yeah. to detriment, man, right. like women are far more likely to share their bets, to share their plays, to share their, their sports book uh, promo codes with their friends relative to men. So man, there is a market and I think you're right. Like there is still a whole lot that can be grown and learned from this area. You want to talk to the dumbest person in the room. So part of, I, I have like eight jobs, but one of my jobs is I teach at UNLV. I teach an audio course at UNLV. And one of the things I always teach my students is you have to talk to the dumbest person in the room. So we often, we make mistakes on BVB doing that sometimes. We're talking over people's heads and they're like, wait, 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 what are we talking about? But I think that is a huge part of, okay, do you know really what minus 110 is? Like, are you aware of what that actually is? Because if you are, okay, that's great. But if you don't, let me try to make sure you're on the same page as everybody else. So th you're right. Women are intimidated by the board more than anything. I see it in Vegas all the time. They walk in, they see a bunch of red and green lights, and they're like, what the heck is that? We have to try to do better of educating everyone. Because some men too, by the way, it's not just all women. It's men too who walk into a sports book and go, I don't know what I'm looking at. The education process is definitely one that we have to take, adv take advantage of because it's there. The people who want to know. No doubt. And I also think the content that's tailored to a more inclusive audience with women and not just a certain select group of men is going to be a difference maker as well. Really good stuff. Matt Peralta is our guest. Uh, he, the co-host of the Bostonian versus the book, which you can, by the way, uh, subscribe to on YouTube. I highly encourage you guys to do that as well. Check him out there. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Sportsbook. Matt, or, excuse me, Sports Talk Matt uh, is where you can find a lot of information to the show. You can also check out his work over at SportsGrid as well. On the other side, we will go through some of the matchups for the divisional round, certainly get his perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, and kind of how we approach it from a betting perspective and, and whether or not that number that's still hanging on at three, whether or not we're just being tempted by some of these books or whether or not there's still very good value on the board. Plenty more with Matt Peral coming up next. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. Ben Eisler here. Matt Peral over in Las Vegas, kind enough to join us here on the program today. So let's let's take our conversation, transition it a little bit uh, into the matchups for this weekend. I, I do want to start things off by talking about a, a matchup that we've seen, you know, tale as old as time, the divisional round between the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. And it's a matchup too, Matt, that before we really dive into the numbers, I think you're going to see a whole lot of narrative about how this is an advantage for Buffalo being at home. And for Kansas City, it's Patrick Mahomes' first time playing a playoff game on the road. And for most people, I would say that narrative holds true. I don't look at it as an advantage for Buffalo. I think Kansas City has been looking to try to find something this entire year to get them back on that motivational level, to get to the top, to prove somebody wrong. The offense has obviously been stagnant in plenty of times throughout the season. But if there is a pressure scenario, to me, it's more on Josh Allen than it is on Mahomes. And I'm curious, before we even dive into the numbers, how you see this matchup and how you see these narratives coming into play. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I I, I think there's pressure, there's massive pressure on the Chiefs. I mean, do we know what Travis Kelsey's future is going to be? I mean, his brother just walked away. His girlfriend's going to be overseas for a year. She's leaving for a year. He's talked about the injuries and the surgeries and how it's getting kind of not so great so much. So he had to go to the podium and say, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. His brother gets emotional on their New Heights podcast two days ago. You know, you tell little brother kind of knows what big brother is going through. And at 34 years old, you wonder what Travis Kelsey future is going to be. You have obviously an offense that cannot get it together in the red zone. I mean, they should have killed the Dolphins. Yet the Dolphins were in the game because they kicked field goal after field goal. They haven't been able to move the football consistently on the road. Dolphins, if that pass interference, sorry, if that rough rough in the passer call doesn't go the way that it went for the Chiefs, I don't know, man. I mean, that was a call that I didn't think should have been made, and it was, you know, two-hand touch. We saw bigger hits in the game for the Lions where Jared Goff was getting hit and flags weren't coming out, but it's Mahomes, so he gets the he gets the flag. I think there's a lot of pressure on Kansas City because if they lose this, this could be the beginning of of a downward slide for this team in terms of where they're going to go and where they're going to be. Mahomes is Mahomes, okay? And we saw it with Brady. Brady had two different careers. He had an amazing start. He went 10 years between championships and then won a bunch more. So it's not like if next year and the year after it's not great for Mahomes, his career is over. But there is an ending coming for this iteration of the Chiefs. And the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen haven't tasted the promised land, haven't gone to where the Chiefs have gone. This is the team they have to go through, but they got to go through the Ravens next. It's not even like Buffalo can just beat the Chiefs and then get there, but this is the arch nemesis. So I think there's a lot of pressure on the Chiefs on the road to operate an offense in a hostile environment where they don't get the dead quiet they've had at Arrowhead Stadium. You got to go on the road. I get it. They've been on the road before, but road in the postseason is totally different than road at home, road in the regular season. I have the pressure on the Chiefs here to keep the keep this iteration of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey 
together to be dominant still. Yeah, that's a different part of the narrative that I think makes a lot of sense to put that pressure on whether or not the future and the iteration of what the Kansas City Chiefs may look like, you know, one year, two years, three years from now. That's very interesting. The, I, I think the only pushback that I would have from that side is that we, we've had those conversations before when Tyreek Hill left the Kansas City Chiefs after the first Super Bowl. And once, to me, as long as you have Mahomes, yes, the offensive has, has had plenty of bad situations, but you know, last week you saw a, a, in, an upward level play out of Rasheed Rice. You saw Travis Kelsey look healthier than he had looked over the last several weeks. Two big drops, and, though, right? I mean, Trav had two big drops. Like two big it, drops, and and again, <laughs> whether or not whether or not that translates and continues into Buffalo, I'm not sure. Right. Um, it hasn't been an ideal season for Travis, and yet we're still talking about him just a handful of yards away from yet another thousand yard season. Um, let's look at the numbers, though. Let let let's go into sort of that area. And again, as you said in the beginning portion of the show, it's not a projection; these right. are just the numbers and whether or not. The line is reflective of where the sharp money is coming in, mm-hmm. how the public may ultimately feel as this game gets closer. But right now, and again, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook, who is a is a proud partner over at KCSN, they have the line at Kansas City plus two and a half at even money at plus one hundred odds. So bet a hundred bucks at Chiefs plus two and a half, you would win a hundred bucks. Buffalo minus two and a half, you can shop around and still get the Chiefs at plus three. I bet the Chiefs at plus three earlier in the week. Because I do believe they can keep this close with their defense. The, the the numbers in the second half, and I've talked about this numerous times, Matt, for this Kansas City defense, mm-hmm. and half unders for this team, 16 and 2 on the year, fourth quarter unders for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, 17 and 1. Their defense has made stops when they needed to. And again, also credit those unders to the Chiefs' offense underperform in the <laughs> moments as well. Yeah. But I, I trust them to be able to shut down Josh Allen in the second half make those key adjustments. And while Buffalo has been winning some close games lately, it's still a bugaboo going up against Kansas City where I think this could be a field goal game by the time this game is said and done. I don't hate that at all. And the reason why it's two and a half at certain books is in two and a half even money. They don't want to go to three. They don't want to go to three on Thursday because they know what's going to come late. This is, everyone I'm speaking to, you're reading it correctly, that the books would like to need the Chiefs. And, and at plus three, they're going to let everyone bet Buffalo and then they're going to want to need Kansas City plus the three because we've seen Patrick Mahomes do this before. We've seen them go in there and upset the apple cart and blow and, you know, destroy everyone's hopes and dreams. I don't mind teasing the Chiefs up uh, and, and give, giving them eight and a half points and oh, saying, yeah. okay, if Buffalo wins the game, they're not going to win by 10. They'll win the game by three or four and there might be a missed extra point. There might be something that comes into play with that. I don't mind, and I very well might play it that way. The later we get into the postseason, the more and more difficult it is because the data is so good and the sharps, the sharp numbers come out and the pros know what they're going to wind up betting. And it's just a cat and mouse game between the professionals and the pros. It's like that anyway, but these limits get to be enormous and you can bet $100,000 on the game. The books are totally comfortable because of how much money they've taken on the futures market. They can play off of it. So I... I'm really at a loss here as to like, I'm not going to stand on a table on one side or the other and tell you that definitively the Buffalo Bills are winning this game. I, all I'm saying is both the, or these teams are losing to the Ravens. And I've said that for almost the entire season that I think Baltimore's the best team in the AFC. They're the most complete team in the AFC and they have home field and the Chiefs winning one game on the playoff on the road is impressive. It can happen. They kind of own the Bills. 
I don't think they go to Baltimore. And with Mark Andrews back for the Ravens, I don't see the Chiefs winning. I think the Ravens are going to be here. I have a bigger question about who's coming from the other side in the NFC, but I, I've been pretty consistent that I think the Ravens are going to wind up winning the AFC. couple more on this matchup. With Buffalo having to get their game pushed forward, mm-hmm. or excuse me, pushed back a day uh, because of the snowstorm coming into Buffalo, you now have Kansas City with two extra days of rest over the Bills. Now, granted, the Buffalo Bills didn't have to travel. They can stay in Buffalo for that matchup, but, but do you give any credence to the number being where it's at, in large part because Kansas City has the rest advantage going into this game. I think it has more to do with the injuries the Bills' defense suffered during that game. I agree. that They have got a ton of injuries to worry about in that linebacking core and in the secondary, and you don't really want to have linebacker problems and secondary problems against Patrick Mahomes. So that I think that's what the number is indicating there. I, I mean, if the Chiefs are going to win this game, it has to be an under. If Bills win this game, it's got a shot to be under or potentially go over. First half over, maybe the Bills tend to score a lot. Like you mentioned, they score a lot. Second half in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs don't score a lot. And the Bills may not score a lot on that Chiefs defense. So I wouldn't mind a second half under or a fourth quarter under there, but a first half over. To me, this game really hinges on, on the Bills' ability to run the football on the Chiefs. If they can run the ball consistently and then open up the passing attack and use their downfield weapons, that I mean, their tight ends played so well last week. If they play like that against KC, that could be a really big problem for them. But Josh Allen's going to throw a pick. He throws interceptions in every game. So, like, when does the Josh Allen mistake happen? Could really swing the game one way or the other. If it happens late, it could decide the game. Have you made or taken a look at any props for this matchup yet, or are you waiting a little bit more until you get some more of those injury updates to come in? That, and I need the weather forecast. I got to see what we're talking about on Sunday night here, because by all accounts, Buffalo is under a foot of snow additionally from what they just dug out of. So the lake effect snow thing can pop up all the time. So I, I got to make sure where we are weather wise before I really get into it. But I, I look Patrick Mahomes over on his rushing yards. He, he and Josh Allen are going to run the football. They let Josh Allen run in the playoffs, not in the regular season. Same thing with Mahomes in the postseason. These guys will pick up yards with their, with their legs because they, they can in the regular season, but they're told not to, like guys like don't run. Both quarterbacks, if I was betting props right now, both quarterbacks to go over their rushing props. Yeah, I think that's a good move as well, especially with Mahomes and his ability. You know, I, I heard an interview with uh, with Josh Lucas, the former Bears director of player personnel, uh, in large part talking about the awareness that Mahomes has to pick up first downs with his legs. And while he didn't run often, it was maximizing the efficiency on when he ran and again, with Buffalo, because they're going to be missing some guys because they still like to send some pressure, but Holmes has that pocket escapability, and Allen knows when to run, and he'll do it fairly frequently in the postseason, as you mentioned. So I don't mind either of those plays. I also love the over on Isaiah Pacheco's rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. I believe that number has moved to 15.5. I still think that's a good number. I got it at 14.5, and, and I think that's absolutely a play. Given the weather, given that the wind is likely to be upwards in the 20 to 25 mile per hour range, at least based on the most recent forecast. Uh, you'll see plenty of running in this game, and, and Mahomes will still probably sling it around a little bit, as will Allen. But um, whether or not it translates to points with some really good defenses uh, remains to be seen. All right, let's let's go to the, the, the divisional round. Houston and Baltimore, this is... You mentioned that regardless of Kansas City or, or Buffalo, whoever wins, they're losing to Baltimore in the next round. This is also a Ravens team that I still think we're trying to figure out 
what their postseason opportunity will be this year, right? Like in previous years, it's been an issue for Lamar Jackson. We think about that upset from a handful of years ago at the hands of Tennessee at home. Lamar Jackson's history against the spread in the postseason has not been impressive. And now they're going up against the Houston team that certainly surprised me. I had Cleveland winning that game. Uh, and CJ Stroud goes out and I think he's the first rookie quarterback to beat a number one ranked defense in the postseason in NFL history. And that certainly is impressive. The line is nine and a half. And I'm curious if you think that's too much, even for his team as talented as Baltimore. No, everyone is on Houston. This is the public dog of the week. You want to fade the public? Take the Ravens. Everyone's going to be petrified because, oh, it's too big of a number. It's nine and a half points. If you want to bet, if you want to bet Houston, take Houston in the first quarter. Lamar Jackson in his first game has been awful in the first quarter of almost every playoff game he's played. For whatever reason, he just does not play well in the first quarter. So Houston might be leading 6-0 after one quarter. It could be something like that, where you're like, oh my gosh. And then the waterfall happens, and the, the Ravens will get going. Defensively, they'll get going. Going on the road is much different than playing at home. And, and most rookie quarterbacks do not play home playoff games. The reason why all these numbers for rookie quarterbacks, it's the first time ever, because no one hosts. Like Rookie quarterbacks yeah. don't win their division. Like It just doesn't happen for a rookie to be on a team that gets a home field, gets a home game in the postseason. So this is going to be different. I think this is when you see the difference between the one seed and the team that just got in by winning a bad division. I love what the Texans are building. I love CJ Stroud. I wish Tank Dell was playing because he, on the other side of Nico Collins, was absolutely tremendous. That passing attack was lethal with the two of them. Dalton Schultz has been really good at the tight end spot. They've run the ball really well with Singletary. I just think this is an opportunistic, a team that turns you over in Baltimore. And the rest, I can't stress how big I think this rest is for both San Francisco and Baltimore. It's a massive advantage for them to be rested because I, you say the rust versus rest thing, but with a 17 game schedule, having essentially three weeks off is what these teams had because week 18 was nothing. They didn't play anybody. I think that is such a huge advantage for these teams to get healthy and to get right and then to get their minds right with their fans behind them. So I'm going to lay the nine and a half with Baltimore. I'm not sure I'm going to do that with San Francisco, but I, I like the Ravens to win in cover. All right, well, we'll get to that line in a second. And you brought up something interesting as well uh, as it pertains to that matchup, because if you do like Houston on the earlier side, you might be able to get them at a better number live in that yeah. game. Houston over a DraftKings Sportsbook plus three and a half. A uh, little juicy, minus 130, but again, or relative to the rest of uh, the, the sports books that we have here in the state of Kansas and beyond, most are showing two and a half, couple are at three, three and a half. That's a nice juicy hook uh, for anybody looking to jump on. Right. And again, this has been a team that has been playing. So sometimes these number one seats start off a little bit slow, a little bit rusty. Um, that's probably going to be a play that by the time we're done having this conversation today, Matt, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump on the earlier side for Houston and hope that I can get that better number on Baltimore. By the way, Speaking of DraftKings, they are an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, so they're bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. As we've mentioned over the course of today's show, Kansas City Chiefs plus 2.5 for their matchup against, against the Buffalo Bills at plus 100 odds. We'll see whether or not that number stays there. I'm a little hesitant to think that it will, but we'll see as the week goes on. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the code KCSN, and new customers can bet just 5 bucks 
to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. It's only on DraftKings Sportsbook by using the code KCSN. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. Responsibly. There. Finally. That was the one that tripped me up, man. It, was, it wasn't all the numbers. It was please play responsibly. Or please play responsibly. Happen again. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, you must be 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after they are issued. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resource. Okay, you add me with that tease on Green Bay and San Francisco because I am on the Packers in this game, and I do think that especially if you were able to get them at 10, you got them at a really nice number. I paid a little extra for the hook to get them at 10.5. It's now down to plus 9.5 over a DraftKings Sportsbook at minus 108 with a total hovering between 50 and 50 and a half. Fun matchup because you have two coaches coming from the same tree, and more often than not, especially with how Green Bay's offense has been really down the stretch of the season, Matt, they've been the number two DVOA-ranked offense in the NFL. I think you're going to see traded touchdowns here. Um, Well, just a question of whether or not San Francisco can kind of run the clock out on Green Bay. Packers have had issues all season stopping the run, and there's no more feared rushing attack. Uh, in the NFL consistently, I think, than what San Francisco puts in week in, week out, especially with a healthy Christian McCaffrey. I think the Packers can cover, especially at 10, 10 and a half. If you can get them at nine and a half, I don't like it as much. But curious to get your perspective on the number and on this game. Packers 10 in the over. I, I, I'm i right with you. I, I, I think we're in, the, we're in the same boat here. I There is something going on with this Green Bay Packers team. Jordan Love is playing really, really well. As long as Watson and Musgrove play, because you saw what that offense looked like with them both being back and how Dallas had to literally go, all right, is this a run or a pass? They couldn't tell the difference. Aaron Jones running healthy. Look, is he going to run the ball really well against the Niners? The game has to be close for them to keep the running game alive. If it's a blowout, they go down 14-0. That's really bad news. We're going to you know, abandon the run. We're going to be throwing like crazy, but... Jordan Love's ability to avoid the rush last week against the Dallas Cowboys is almost a blueprint to what will happen against the Niners if the Packers are in the game. Love's got to stay upright. He's got to get to the outside and make plays with his arm on the run. But man, those wide receivers, they don't know any better. They've got so many first-year and second-year players. They're the youngest team in football. They're the first seven seed ever to win a game. They're playing with legitimate house money. They have nothing to lose. Trick plays, whatever you want to bring up, you know, throw the kitchen sink at the 49ers and just see if you can be in the game in the fourth quarter. I think that they can. I like the I think San Fran wins, but I think they win by seven. I I, I give me 10. If I get plus 10, nine and a half in Vegas, plus 10 at certain places where you guys are in other places, I like the pack plus 10, but I do like the over even better. I think we're seeing a lot of points in this game. Yeah, and especially if you get it before that number eventually climbs to 51, which from all indications sounds like that could very much be the case. Uh, don't see whether there's any sort of potential issue in San Francisco coming up this week, but again, usually rain doesn't impact um, totals. It's more often wind. Cold weather, again, not so much. you got to follow the wind and the wind chills there. Um, but again, fascinating matchup, and I, I think you and I are, are, are both on the side that we want to be on, uh, taking Green Bay with a very, very big number in the matchup. All right, final one. Tampa Bay, Detroit, um, Lions at home. That line has just stayed six and a half, 
six and a half, six and a half. And I, I got to tell you, Matt, I, I think here there's more of an indication that if it's going to stay at six and a half for this long, we might see it close closer to six. I don't think it'll get past there, but I think if you want to be able to get that six and a half, you better take Tampa Bay sooner rather than later. Here in Vegas, Circus Sports went to seven for about a couple of hours. It was bet back down. So seven's the number. If it, if anyone pops up seven, it's going to get batted right back down to six and a half. They're going to take Tampa plus seven. Man, I, I tell you what, I want to buy into the Lions. I want to buy into Dan Campbell. I want to buy into Jared Goff and everything else going on with the Lions. I I have a really bad feeling the Lions are going to go back to the Lions after their one win in the postseason. And there's levels to this. And I think you have to learn how to win in the playoffs. You win in the wild card round. You host another playoff game. And the pressure now is on the Lions. Tampa's going in there with nothing to lose. A Baker Mayfield-led offense that can just whip the football around. And that secondary, uh, I don't know what C.J. Gardner-Johnson's talking about. I don't know why you're calling out Baker. Look, they've got receivers that are going to be a problem. We saw what the Eagles secondary looked like against the Bucs. Maybe the Lions is a little bit better than Philadelphia, but not a ton better to, you know, in the secondary. You're going to see open receivers all over the field here. Again, I like the over in this game, but I'm very concerned about the Lions losing this game outright in Tampa Bay being that team that every, every year there's that one team that's lucky to get in the postseason. They go on a run. And we'll see where it ends. Maybe it ends in the title game, the NFC title game, or maybe all the way to the Super Bowl. But I I thought Tampa Bay was going to stink this year. I bet under their six and a half win total. And then after they passed over it, I've been betting Tampa almost every single week and cashing a ton with them. House money. I like the plus six and a half. I do too. I also love the opportunity for Baker Mayfield to clear 22 and a half completions. Yeah. Um, think, think about all the drops that took place in a winning effort at home against Tampa Bay. The, there's no weather issues to worry about in the Dome. I, I think they're going to be neck and neck with Detroit the entire time, and it wouldn't shock me at all um, if this ends up being a, a Tampa Bay upset here in Detroit in that matchup. It's it's crazy to think about that with Baker Mayfield, has actually been terrible against the spread over the course of his career as a favorite and at home on the road and as an underdog. It's been a much different story. It almost kind of feeds into the the Baker Mayfield narrative, right? Of you Absolutely. Know, every time you yeah. kind of go and, and decide to fade Baker, that's usually the time where you want to play him. And conversely, Jared Goff, I mean, the, he's been the best covering quarterback. This stuns people every time I mention it. But he's been the best covering quarterback consistently in the NFL going all the way back to 2018. That's how much the sports books. But who was the only won. team that won and didn't cover last week? Yeah, that's true. It was Jared Goff. So like I th- that's my that's my thing like they were fortunate to get out of there they were I don't know really why the Rams kicked that field goal I don't know why they punted like I just felt like I don't, like you're trusting your defense Sean McVay like at what point in this season did you think you want to put the whole year on your defense like you're an offensive driven team go win the game like don't give the football up and don't try it twice so I. The Rams were the, the Lions were lucky to get past the Rams. I'm not so sure they're going to be as lucky because I think running the football is going to be hard, just like the Eagles learned. You couldn't run. You should be able to throw on them. I think Laporta has a monster game. Looking for props on the Lions. I think Sam Laporta will have a huge game catching the football. But I, I just I think you have Evans and Godwin. I mean, Evans dropped a 60 yard touchdown pass. That game could have been even a bigger route than it was for Tampa Bay. But I, I don't think he drops it this time around. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm buying too much into the Baker hype and I like it too much, but I, I'm not fading Baker Mayfield in the postseason with house money right now. I, I like the I like the Tampa Bay Bucks. Sprinkle on the money line. I think there's a shot they win the game outright. All right. You have it as Baltimore and San Francisco at the end, or if not San Francisco, who do you like for the Ravens to match up against and who wins it? I can't figure out the NFC. A part of me wants to say Tampa. A part of me, <laughs> a part of me feels like it's going to be Ravens against the Tampa Bay Bucks, a team that no one's talking about, a team that even I haven't bet. I'm saying this publicly, and I haven't bet it yet either, saying, well, Matt, you like Tampa Bay. Why don't you bet them now? Yeah. I mean, you got good money. You get good plus on them. Long odds for them to win the NFC and, win, and get to the Super Bowl. But I I think the Niners get here. And I know in Vegas, we want San Francisco because of the money that will come into town. It'll be ridiculous. The number of private planes that will come down from the Bay Area to be here for the game. So we're hoping it's San Fran versus the Ravens just because it's a good matchup. But I'm not sure. I, I think the NFC isn't as clear to me as it is with the AFC. And look, if it's Buffalo coming to town, if it's KC coming to town, the only team that really would be, and they're not an awful story, Houston coming to Vegas would be kind of like, eh, all right, I mean, it's, it's it's a team that wasn't supposed to be here and it won't be as exciting. But you have Patrick Mahomes here. Again, back-to-back Super Bowls. It would be huge in Vegas. The, the Bills Mafia will literally come and destroy this town if they wind up coming to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Or you get the Ravens with a chance for Lamar to, to rid the idea of the 14-2 and two year where he was the MVP just like this year and had a first-round bye and then lost. They're trying to get rid of all of that memory and try to, you know, at 26 years old, Lamar Jackson coming into his own and really shutting up everybody who said he couldn't win a Super Bowl in the NFL. So anyone coming from the AFC side, I think we're good with. I just, I would love it if Tampa Bay was here just because it would be such a, a crazy story. Lions too. I mean, the craziest, Bills, Lions, you want to talk about, you know, the two depressed fan bases coming to Vegas and taking the town over? That would be tremendous. I do think if I was betting it right now, if I had to pick it, I would say we're going chalk with both one seeds, but I'm not entirely positive on Brock Purdy. It's just something in the back of my head. In that game against the Ravens where he threw four picks, I went, man, he can derail the entire thing for San Francisco if he's off, and that's my fear. Yeah, and, and at that point, by the way, if you're still convinced that it's going to be Baltimore, uh, rather than take him at plus 290, just go ahead and take Lamar Jackson, Super Bowl MVP. Fair. Get the better number. Get the better play. Uh, and have yourself a good time heading into the Super Bowl. Uh, Matt, great stuff. Appreciate the knowledge. Appreciate the stories. It was really good to be able to have this opportunity to catch up. Um, I mentioned Bostonian versus the book. You can catch that on YouTube. You should be following him as well at Sports Talk. Matt, where else can people find you? Where can they listen to you? Where can they check out all the great work that you're doing? Yeah, so I do a daily podcast called The Daily Juice, which is 365 days a year, every morning in your inbox, audio and video through a company called Betting Pros. So that's how you get a quick 15-minute hit every day. Bostonian versus the book is on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Bostonian versus the book. That's on Sirius XM channel 159 and on sports grid TV as well, where you can catch that Dave Sherapan's my co-host on that. And then at sports talk, Matt, I do sports grids off and on. I do every Friday night. I'm on there with Dave. We do kind of a, another version of BVB, but for, 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 for sports grid. So, or at sports talk, Matt is the easiest way. So on Twitter, you're the best, Matt. Appreciate your time, man. Good luck with all of your bets this weekend and beyond. We'll do this again soon. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. K.
KC Sports Network.